Hello and welcome once again to Wellbeing. In today's program, we'll look at the power of positive psychology. What is it and how can it affect our lives? How can we benefit by improving our outlook on life? This is just a basic outline of questions I'll be asking my guest today, psychologist Anne Bunt. And welcome to the program and thank you for giving us your time. Tell me about your career. Did you start off thinking that's what I want to do in life? Definitely not. I left school after I completed my school certificate, as many girls did in the 1970s, and um, headed off to secretarial college, um, but didn't stay there and actually completed a hairdressing trade, uh, became a hairdresser, had my own business for a couple of years, and then moved from there into um, teaching hairdressing uh, at TAFE as, as part of my um, diploma of teaching undertook a psychology subject and and I guess that piqued my interest in psychology at that time um, but didn't go ahead and, and actually study psychology um, until I'd had a life-changing experience when I attended the United Kingdom as an exchange teacher um, in 1994, okay. and then it was at that point that I came back and started studying psychology. A very career indeed. <laughs> <laughs> when you came back from from England, did you have to go to uni and, and do oh, a degree? Definitely, uh, yeah. yes, definitely. Um, I've actually done two degrees since then. So um, what happened was, I, I guess when I was in the UK, I suddenly realised that teaching hairdressing wasn't what I wanted to do for the next 30 years um, at that stage and so I set myself a 10-year goal of becoming a psychologist which meant that I needed to um, go to university and do my undergraduate degree Mm -hmm. and then get registered which meant I needed to actually go out into the the world of psychology uh, and get a job and then from there, since then, I've directed my career towards coaching psychology, and so that's what my master's degree is in. So it was a very long journey um, because I continued to work full-time whilst yeah. I studied, um, but it's been a very rewarding journey. Did you have any time to play? Um, for me, psychology is play. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know, pe- people would say... Um, you know, and you know, you need to get out more and do this and do that. And I said, but I'm doing what I love. Mm. Um, and when you're doing what you love, it is play. It becomes the important thing in your life. Yes. And you work around it. Yeah. So you've been interested in psychology and you got all your degrees and you got going. Mm-hmm. When did you decide that there was a definite difference between general psychology and positive psychology? And can you explain to me the difference, please? Mm, certainly. I guess general psychology um, is the study of human mind and behaviour and was originally born out of um, philosophy and not considered a science mm. until um, the 20th century when psychologists started to do evidence-based research. The first 50 years of that research was really based around what is wrong with people. And so the focus was on um, developing diagnosis. So we have the the DSM-4, which is the Diagnostics and Statistics Manual, which mm. is you know, a big fat book full of what's wrong with us. Uh, and 
And out of that came some, also some good research and some good treatments. However, in 1998, Dr. Martin Seligman uh, was appointed the president of the American Psychological Society, and he made it his mandate to change the focus of psychology. You know, he, he said, we focus too long on what's wrong. Let's have a look at those people who are doing exceptionally well and see if we can find out what is it about those people and what can we learn from them so that the rest of us can do better, um, hence mm. the birth of positive psychology. Most people think about psychologists. They think it's usually because they're not coping in life, um, the result of trauma. General, not so much malaise as in a sickness, but not coping with the world and that's why we trundle off and go and see a psychologist mm -hmm. up until 1998 that was generally how psychology worked yes generally yeah and and i think probably to a large extent um that's still um how it's perceived mm. uh, however what positive psychology provides is, um, you know, it, it's a service for everybody. It's about optimal human functioning. So there's no one who can't benefit from, from oh, working okay. with a psychologist. So even if you're already doing well, mm. you know, you might want to do better or you might be doing well in uh, particular spheres of life, but you want to improve in some other sphere. You wouldn't meet a diagnosis, um, you know, there's nothing clinically wrong with you um, but you want to increase your life satisfaction or improve your performance or just enhance your well-being generally you know feel great instead of just good oh okay yeah so in general do you think that people and i'm talking about the general public do they, are they aware that there's a difference i don't think so no no i don't think so and i guess i see it as part of my role um, to educate the public and and also to, I guess, demystify and to help um, demolish some of those stereotypes mm. around individuals who, you know, seek help from psychologists. I work with lots of people who, you know, are functioning very well uh, in the world, um, but they're just wanting to achieve particular goals. For instance, myself, when I decided I wanted to move from working for the area health department to having my own private practice, mm. I worked with another coaching psychologist to help me develop my vision and set my goals mm. and develop a plan to do that. So how long have you been in practice for yourself? Uh, since 2006, so three years. So you're well established? Yes, it's going yeah. quite nicely. Yeah. So, and do you find that you still get people who say, oh, if she's going to a psychologist, this, you know, she's not, not coping and, and there's a bit of a stigma behind it? I think there is still a bit of a stigma behind it. I think that's very sad mm. because it means that a lot of people who could benefit from assistance don't seek assistance or if they do seek assistance they're very secretive about it mm. um, what I've been very pleased to see lately is actually more men seeking mm. assistance um, because I think if if men are willing to seek assistance and then they're willing to talk to their mates 
you know, that it's okay, um, then that's a great thing for men's mental health and well-being. There's a difference between having counselling and going to a psychologist? Some, yes, no, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) Certainly psychologists provide counselling services. Mm. However, um, within the field of psychology, there are many different areas. Um, So there are specific psychologists who only do counselling, but there's also other psychologists um, who who do assessment. Um, There's other psychologists who um, work just with organisations. But generally you can certainly engage in counselling with a psychologist. Yeah. You're listening to Wellbeing and I'm talking today with psychologist Anne Bunt. And earlier this year you were able to go to a World Congress on positive psychology in America. Tell us about that. Well, that was very exciting. Uh, this was the first World Congress for positive psychology and there were over 1,500 positive psychologists from all over the world. So it was a very positive event, as you can imagine. Um, It was an opportunity, I guess, it was almost a bit like if you imagine being a young person and um, you go to a rock concert and, you know, Mm -hmm. there's your your idol. Well, it was like um, going to a rock concert for positive psychologists, if you think about it that way. So all of the leading researchers... um, writers, practitioners in the world um, were there to present their their latest findings and their materials. So it was very, very exciting. How long did the Congress last? Uh, the Congress lasted for five days, yes. So uh, it was flat out for the five days? It was flat out for the five days. I must admit, I did suffer a bit of jet lag, jet lag so I had to have the odd nana nap. <laughs> <laughs> I can recommend those things. <laughs> Um, but yes, it was um, lots of very um, interesting and valuable presentations. I got the impression from reading the notes that, that you sent to me that Professor Barbara Fredrickson made a great impression upon you. What was her philosophy? Uh, Professor Fredrickson is, I guess, the world's leader in studying positive emotions. So in psychology... Um, we're very aware that thoughts, feelings and behaviours are inextricably linked. Mm. And within the field of um, cognitive psychology, for instance, um, you know, we very much look at individuals' beliefs and thoughts and how that then impacts on mm. feelings and behaviour. Professor Fredrickson focuses on the experience of positive emotions and how they actually impact on both our physical and psychological well-being. So rather than looking at a positive emotion as an outcome, um, she looks at it as something that we can consciously create and then use to build on to um, engage in other positive behaviours. So have I got this right, that the idea is that we start thinking positively about the way we look at life so that instead of looking at it, oh, I can't do that or the outcome of that is not going to be as good so I won't try, Mm -hmm. that 
you reverse that and say I'll have a go is that basically uh, that certainly um, all psychologists would promote that mm-hmm. um, that you know we we be optimistic and that in terms of positive psychology we develop an attitude of gratitude um, you know which mm-hmm. which really is about focusing on you know what are the good things in our life even though mm-hmm. there might be some tragedy even though there might be some aspects of our life that are not going well at the moment you know what are the good things you know do I have a, a roof over my head um, clothes on my back mm-hmm. those sorts of things Dr. Fredrickson suggests that in addition to having positive thinking, we can actually create opportunities for ourselves to experience particular positive emotions, which then broaden our thought repertoire, which means that we can actually come up with more solutions to our problems Mm. um, and also broaden our action repertoire which is about you know we can do more things um so basically um she's identified 10 emotions Mm. okay and they are joy which of course we all Mm. want more of in our life um gratitude which i just spoke about interest which is about having something that engages us love uh, serenity hope which is one of the most powerful emotions of all, or uh, amusement, pride, and inspiration. And, and what she suggests is that when we experience those emotions, our hearts and minds are literally opened. Um, and she's actually done experiments where um, she's measured people's vision and when they're experiencing positive emotions, their peripheral vision is actually expanded. Is that right? Yes, Yes. So she then suggests that we can engage in particular things in order to experience more of those on a daily basis. Yeah. So what I'm hearing, I think, is that we're not looking at a glass half empty. We're looking at a glass half full. Definitely. Definitely. And we're actively engaging in experiences that mean that we will experience more positive emotions. So we're not waiting to feel happier. We're not waiting to feel better. We're actually doing things that when we engage in those activities, we do experience positive emotions. So is this a good time in our lives to start to learn to meditate? Definitely. You know, um, there's always a good time to meditate, you know, no particular age. In fact, I have a good friend who is quite an experienced meditator and he's in his 50s and he has very small children and he meditates with his young son who's only five. So he's already introducing Mm. the experience. And what meditation does is it's about coming back to the present. Often we find ourselves... Um, stuck in the past so we're either ruminating Mm. over something bad that's gone wrong um, and feeling bad about ourselves or bad towards others based on that or we're worrying about the future so 
either way, we're not actually in the present. We're not mm. here right and yep. now. And so meditation is about slowing down and bringing ourselves back to the present to moment. what's happening yep. now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. This minute, because this is all we've got. <laughs> and right at this minute, we are listening to Wellbeing. And I'm Iris Nichols, and today I'm talking to psychologist Anne Bunt. And you've, you've mentioned about living into the moment now, having positive thoughts and doing positive things. Mm-hmm. What sort of things are beneficial and positive to our thinking? Definitely. Um, certainly slowing down is really important. Um, we tend to rush through life and when we're rushing through life, we're not... Um, you know, paying attention to the moment. So slowing down and taking time, we're actually called human beings, not human doings. Okay. We, you know, sometimes some of us forget. Forget about. Yeah, yeah. it's okay to just be. Certainly um, savouring is, is really important. And you can do savouring in a number of ways. For instance, you know, we, we tend to gobble down lollies. If mm. you you know, if you take one lolly and you really savour it, then there's a whole completely different texture and flavour and enjoyment. Um, you know, you can actually feel the taste buds bursting on, on your tongue. So I guess that's that's about savouring in the moment. But you can also savour through positive reminiscence. So, for instance, if you've had an experience that was enjoyable, that did result in a positive emotion, then sharing that with someone else, telling them about it, means that you actually get to relive those positive okay. emotions. Yeah. So where do we go We've slowed down in our lives and we're starting to think it's better to be able to remember nice things than to dwell on the things that Mm -hmm. have hurt us. Yes. What's the next step from that? That seems to be the first steps of being aware that that's what we need to do. Absolutely. Where do we go from there? I guess, you know, awareness is always the first step. And I, and I guess change is also difficult. So I think that's, that's the first thing. Mm. If we're wanting to change, we need to recognize that there will be some discomfort in that. But one of the things that we know is that everything is only temporary, even feelings. So if we're able to remind ourselves that even if we're experiencing negative emotions at the moment, Mm -hmm. these two will pass. And in addition to that, it's also important to have, have a vision for the future, so, so whilst we don't want to be stuck negatively worrying about the future, it's important to have a positive picture of the future, mm. of our future, and then develop goals and actionable steps in order to achieve that future. And in doing that, providing, I, I guess, a sense of meaning and purpose for ourselves. If we come off the rails, we've got a goal, and we come off the rails a bit along the way, do we need to backtrack to the original, or can we pick up and have another go from that point? Do you need to go back? No, no, not necessarily. I mean, the thing is, is that life is flexible. It's not, you know, we we will duck and weave and, and we will backtrack. 
and and that's okay. I think where people get stuck is they sometimes attempt to make a change. They're not successful first time round and then they beat themselves up mm. and give up rather than going, oh, okay, well, mm, I've fallen off or I, you know, that didn't go so well. I'll either try something different or I'll have another go. I think that's really important. So let's go th- through our life. We've raised families, yes. uh, maybe empty nesters, yes. retired, doing all sorts of different things in our lives. We've achieved, let's say, a good proportion of the things we wanted to do. What's a good plan to go from there? I guess it's about, um, I, I, think, I think the core is having a sense of purpose. Mm. And often... Um, people who are empty nesters or who have, um, you know, recently retired, if their purpose has been tied up with raising their children, for instance, or their work, then when they first move into that new stage of life, it can be quite daunting and they're a bit lost. Mm. Um, so it's important to, I guess, adjust how we express our purpose. So, for instance, if my purpose is, um, you know, if I think my purpose is caring mm. um, and when I had young children, that's how I, how yeah. I expressed it, um, then I might engage in some volunteer work um, when that's mm. no longer my focus. So I'm still able to express my purpose of caring yeah. but in a different way. I guess what I'm hearing is is that you need to have a, a purpose not just for yourself but for the whole of everyday living. Yes. Not just for, for right this moment but mm. for, for a future. To be able to dream is probably not quite the word I want but to have a goal yes. no matter how far away it is. Yes. And I, and I guess, um, you know, a, as we get older, I guess our visions become closer. Um, you know, they're not, mm. they're not so far in the distant. And so in some ways, it's even more important that we act because we don't have as long just to dilly-dally. <laughs> <laughs> and if someone, as a result of listening to this program, feels that they need some help to get them on onto the right path yes. whatever the right path might yes. be how would they go about it certainly um th- there's a couple of ways if they were wanting to um, find a psychologist within their area they can access the australian psychological society and um, the website for that is www.com psychology.org O-R-G, dot A-U, and they they actually have a refer a psychologist service and so you can actually type in some details not personal details mm. but just the area and you know maybe the sort of issue whether it's coaching that you're looking for or whether it's you know depression or anxiety or something in particular yeah. and then you'll be forwarded a list of contacts for people within that area myself specifically I'm located in Maitland and my website is www.positivetransitions.com.au so they're, they're probably the best two ways. And if you don't have access to the internet, um, then certainly you could call 
Telstra and ask for the Australian Psychological Society and they would give you a contact telephone number in your state. Now, I was, that was going to be my next question, that it's not just in New South Wales, it's right the way around the country? It's Cer- available? Uh, certainly, yeah, mm. certainly. I mean, there... Um, the Australian Psychological Society is in every state, so that mm. service is available in every state. If you're looking for a coaching psychologist, um, you certainly will find those in every state as well. Mm. There's not very many of us at this stage, uh, simply because the coaching psychology unit at the University of Sydney, which is the leading unit in the world, was first established only um, in you know, the last eight years. So mm. at this point in time, there's not lots of us, but we are out there. Now, what about cost? The cost will vary um, depending on the individual psychologist. Um, so I can't actually give you a dollar no. amount. If you are referred to a psychologist under a mental health care plan. So, for instance, you know, you're, you are experiencing some difficulties and you go to your GP and they diagnose a mental health disorder and then refer you, then you are eligible to receive a Medicare rebate mm-hmm. and that may or may not cover the full cost of the fee depending on whether the psychologist bulk bills or not. Or not, yeah. yeah. In some ways, if you just want to do it off your own bat, mm-hmm. you're responsible for your own account. Yes, certainly. And But if you have depression, anxiety, something like that, yes. um, you go to your GP, I would like some help, yes. and ask them to refer you, yes. and it's covered by Medicare. It's not totally covered by Medicare. But it's a good chunk. Yeah, yeah. And thank you so much for coming in. As always in this program, I seem to get beaten by time, because there's a lot of things I would like to have asked you. However... Thank you very much for coming in and giving us your time. All I can say is I hope that everything goes well for you. Thank you very much. It's been a pleasure. My guest today has been psychologist Anne Bunt. As always, thank you for listening. And from all of us here, we wish you well.